It has been a wonderful privilege recently to be uh, meeting with a young man that I knew as a student some years ago. And uh, most of you know, or I've shared with it, he came to me saying he needed to be baptized and that he was pressured by parents to say that because they want him safe. And when we met together, I said, I think it would probably be a good idea if we did some study of God's word first and see what it has to say about the subject. And we've been studying the book of John. And this last week in the book of John, we went over part of chapter 5. So I would like to go to John chapter 5 this morning and just pick up a few thoughts that we brought out during that time. John chapter 5. Now, some very interesting statements made in this passage of Scripture and some illustrations that the Lord gives us. And I am come to the conclusion that the Lord never went anywhere without a purpose. He never spoke to anybody without a purpose. He never did anything without a purpose. And he is on purpose here in this passage of Scripture. And he knows what day of the week it is, too. He's not surprised. Oh, no, I did that on the Sabbath. No, he did that on purpose. And so as we follow the scene out, now it was interesting that when you talk to someone that has n absolutely no religious training at all, you're not bucking up against anybody else's teaching. <laughs> you know, and we, so often when we talk to people, they've already got their preconceived ideas. But when you talk to someone that has no pre preconceived ideas, never been taught anything, I've just stood in amazement. It's been so interesting. And so, as we went through chapter 5, it tells us there in the very first of that, in, in verse 2, that there was a, uh, in Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Now, if you look that up in some of the commentaries, they say, well, that actually couldn't have happened uh, water doesn't do that. I'm telling you, people have all kinds of opinions about the Word of God, but I have come more and more of the opinion of what is written on the front of your bulletin. I don't know much about the man who wrote it, but I like what he said about the best uh, way to look at the Scriptures is by the Scriptures. So if we just leave it alone and let the Word speak for itself so often, we're going to have the answer to our questions right there. So there is some sort of happening here. And there's a whole multitude of people there that are waiting for that happening. And then we find that the, uh, it says, For an angel went down for, uh, at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, and whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Now, it's interesting that the Holy Spirit caused on John to write about this event and share with us that there's a certain man here. Now, this certain man is known of the Lord. We don't know his name. We don't know much about him, except he has an infirmity that he's had for 38 years. And he's there in a place hoping that he can get some help. But he shares with us that because he cannot walk, he cannot get down there, and he has found nobody else to help him do it. 
the impotent man. Well, Jesus said there in verse 6, when Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He said unto him, now, you know, the disciples of the Lord, and we've read this many times, the disciples of the Lord asked one time about a blind man. Who did sin, this man or did his parents? And the Lord answered them, that's not the reason the man is blind. He's blind so I can meet him today. <laughs> and that he, we might know the glory of God. That it is God that gives sight. He is blind, so I would be here right now at this very moment doing what I do. And that is take care of people and do for them what they cannot do for themselves. And he's illustrating the point that where he finds us in our condition, our sinful condition, our fallen Adam in our life afterwards, that it is he that takes the initiative. He's the one that is seeking after us, even though we're not seeking after him. So the impotent man answered, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. Now, what the, what the Lord says, Wilt thou be made whole, went clear over his head because he didn't even know, he has no idea who's talking to him. And he goes off onto the human way of doing things. I can't get down to the pool and I can't get anybody to help me get down to the pool. He's looking at it totally as a physical thing. And the Lord Jesus simply asks the question, Wilt thou be made whole? Now that is the gospel to us. Wilt thou be made whole? And you know, we have all of these contrivances in our mind of how we're going to get down to the pool. We, well, someone can help me. Or maybe if I, maybe if this whole horde of people eventually get, I can get down closer. All of the things that go through people's minds, it's religious paraphernalia that we carry with us. The Lord says, wilt thou be made whole? That is really the sum and substance of the gospel. Well, we know through this, the gospel that it has to be blood-bought. We have to be purged of our sin and all those things. And this man says, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Oh. Isn't that the way of it? Everybody else is always getting the best. And then the Lord says, said unto him, a command. You know, we never find the Lord suggesting anything. We always find the Lord commanding. Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. Now, you know, when we look at that, how did he know that he could do that? At the same moment that the Lord commanded him to rise up, take up his bed and walk, that man was given the faith to do that very thing. God gave him the faith to take, rise, take up his bed and walk. And then we find that little caveat, it was the Sabbath. So somebody witnessing this is going to find fault with the way the Lord does his business. And it didn't take long. It says that it was the Sabbath day and uh, and immediately the man was made whole. Verse 9 and verse 10, the Jews therefore said unto him, 
that was cured, it is the Sabbath day, it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. And he answered them, and he, and he made, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. And they asked him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. And afterwards Jesus findeth him in the temple and saith unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. And the man departed and told the Jews it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them. I find that very interesting that the Lord Jesus gets into the presence of these accusers. Instantly he is there. He is going to deal with them, and they are going to try to kill him, it tells us here. It says there in verse uh, 17, but my f Jesus answered them, my father worketh here unto and I work. Now there must be a little more significance in the original language because those people knew exactly what Jesus was saying. And it tells us in the next verse that therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he had only had broken, not only had broken the Sabbath, but he said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. So they are in a tirade now, ready to kill him, because not only did he break the Sabbath, but he is equal with God. Now, in the next few verses, the Lord Jesus goes through various statements to make them know more that he truly is God that he, God is his father, that he is equal with God in every way, that they are all omniscient, they are all omnipresent, they are all omnipotent, and he de, uh, de, uh, declares that through these verses of Scripture. Now, in verse 21, I'd really like to spend just a little more time today on verse 21. The rest of them are so important. They all declare that Jesus Christ is God, not a God, not a created God, but God, the very God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We have the incarnate God among us, as we're reading about here. Now, in verse 21, it tells us, For as the Father raiseth up the dead. That's an interesting statement. The Father, as the Father, for as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them. Not only does he raise them up, but he quickens them. He gives them life. Once they had life, they do not have life, and God gives them life back. That is such an interesting way that God does his business. Now, he's speaking of several things, but the most important to us is that we fell in Adam and we are, we all, I have misquoted that verse of scripture. I was corrected when I read it last time. It doesn't say in Adam all died. It says in Adam all die. It is an ongoing progressive thing. All die. Every day we die in Adam. And unless the Lord should deliver us from that, we will have eternal dying. <laughs> All right, and then it goes on in that very same verse, even so the Son quickeneth 
whom he will. You know, it's the first time I've ever read that to anybody that they didn't say, you know, I don't believe that. <laughs> it was so refreshing. He didn't say anything. And then I said, you know, at this verse of Scripture, we need to look at some other verses of Scripture because the Scriptures interpret the Scriptures. And the more that the Scriptures share with us the truth of God's Word, the more we are blessed. Now, God give us faith in our resurrection to believe the Word of God. It is not something that is normal. It is something that is godly given. It is faith of God's elect. And God's people believe God's word. Now, we will quickly say we don't understand very much of it. But we do never say, I don't believe it. That's unbelievers. All right. It tells us there in verse 21, For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Now, I shared with this young man, uh, turn over to the book of Daniel chapter 4. And he turned over to Daniel chapter 4, and I began reading, and he read Daniel chapter 4. Would you turn there with me? Daniel chapter 4. It's a, such a familiar passage of Scripture how God did his business with a very pagan king. And at that time, this man probably ruled one of the largest empires that the world had had up to that point. Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was a very powerful king, and at his word, people were spared, and at his word, people lost their lives. And now we have this important statement recorded in the book of Daniel, not by mistake, but on purpose. It was just like him being there on the Sabbath, meeting a certain man, healing a certain man, and you know what? He didn't heal another person at that place. And we wanted to explain to this young man why. All right, Daniel chapter 4, verse 28. All this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? You know what? He's just saying what natural man says in his heart every day. I am my own man. I have pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. Now, the only thing that Nebuchadnezzar had going for him above anybody else is his dad had the kingdom before he did. And his dad said the same thing. And it goes clear back to the Adam. I am what I am. I can do what I please. And I'll shake my fist at God. And then it tells us, while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, by name. King, by position. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And they will drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make, make thee to eat grass as oxen, 
and seven times or years shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. You're going to learn something in this. I'm going to reveal something to you. And this is God of heaven speaking. And the same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men. Who did that? His counselors or whatever. He was driven from men. He did eat grass as an oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird claws. Hmm. What an intervention God did with this very most powerful man. Why? The same reason that we read over there, whom I will. <laughs> whom I will. And then it goes on, at the end of the days I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven, and my understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. What is he saying? Mine is a puny, his is a great. <laughs> Mine is human, mine is fleshly, his is spiritual. He has a much greater power than I have. You know, in retrospect, when God does that for us, we bow and say, thank you, Lord, for ever showing me my true nature and my heart, that it was truly raised up against you, and I was most proud of where I had accomplished myself. There's nothing worse than having this idea that we can get better and better and better and better over time by our works. Now, we, we may find ourselves, as the old preacher said, I'm not what I used to be. I'm thankful I am what I am. And I'm not what I'm going to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. God is still working on us. All right. It goes on to tell us here. Now, Nebuchadnezzar said there, At this time my reason returned unto me for... The glory of my kingdom, my honor, and the brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and most excellent majesty was added unto me. Now Nebuchadnezzar praised and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. What did it say in verse 35? I skipped over it. It says, And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven, that's among all the angels, all of his created beings, and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? You know, as we travel through the scriptures, we find that almost the same thing is mentioned in the book of Romans chapter 9, as the Apostle Paul was used as a secretary to write God's purpose over there. Because there were going to be people constantly bringing up this idea, just as we read there in the book of John chapter 5, that he raiseth or he quickeneth whom he will, and people will say instantly, that's not fair. You know, that was wonderful about this young man. He's just coming along with the point of view that the God's word has to be true. 
Now, that's not here yet. That's here. I pray that it gets here. It's nice to have it here. It's nice to, to argue with God's word. It's nice when you read it. You say, well, that's God's word. That's what it means. It's so refreshing. But turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 9, if you would. And that's where we went. We went over to the book of Romans chapter 9. And there in chapter 9, there's much said. But verse 11, let's look there at verse 11. For the children, Romans chapter 9, verse 11. As we read concerning the Lord, he quickeneth whomsoever he will. It's his business. He healed whomsoever he willed. He met a woman at a well. No doubt there were hundreds of women came to that well. And probably all of them were in the same condition that that one woman was. But he met with one. There was a leper here healed, a blind man healed. Out of hundreds and thousands of sick people, the Lord met up with certain all right, here in the book of Romans chapter 9, For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. Now I had someone tell me the other day, well, Paul's just out of sync. Paul's out of sync. He's just not up with the time. This is not Paul's writing. This is God's writing. He's simply a secretary. He is a secretary that faithfully wrote what God commanded him to write. Now, it just happens to be that after Saul of Tarsus was saved, he agreed with all of it. He didn't fuss with it. He didn't argue with it. But he was just a man, and God used him to write this. All right, he goes on to say, It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I, written, have I hated. And, you know, we stopped there for a moment. I said, what does that mean, it is written? He said, well, it has to be somewhere else then. <laughs> it is Old Testament scripture, Malachi chapter 1. Same thing is written there. All right. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? No, there isn't. God can raise whomsoever he will. For he saith to Moses, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for the same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore he hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump? I asked this young man, What would you think if you're turning out a pot, and that pot raises up in your hand and says, I don't want to be that way? Well, he said that would be strange, and it wouldn't happen. The pot is not going to raise up against the potter. 
the stone is not going to carve itself out into a carving. Wood is not going to turn itself into a dumb idol. It is the person working on it. And the human is never going to raise up to the level of God until God delivers us from that. He's the one that lifts us out. So, what if God willing to show his wrath? Verse 22, and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath, fitted to destruction, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he hath afore prepared unto glory. Well, what a statement the Lord made. Just turn back there, if you would, to the book of, of John, chapter 5. And verse 21. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Absolute unison. Absolute agreement. Absolute work of the Holy God is here. And as you follow this down through, you find out that the Lord Jesus declares in several manners and in several ways, the Son of God is equal to God. And those people, I can just hear them rattling those stones. Every time he said another thing, they're ready to take him out and stone him some more. And he declared who he was, and only those that he revealed himself to, just like he did with that man he healed from that malady for 30, that had it for 38 years. Jesus told me. Jesus, it was Jesus that told me. What a revelation that God gives his people to know him and that we find out he, it's not a boastful thing, it is of grace and grace alone, and no works in it, that man didn't twiddle, even turn over his thumb <laughs> to get what he got. In fact, he completely misread him. I can't get down there, and Jesus commanded, rise, take up thy bed, and walk, and immediately he did that, and Jesus shares with us, as we find throughout all of the scriptures, he raiseth whomsoever he wills.